0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: You're listening to MLB.com extras brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere.
0: Hey everyone, Tim McMaster here along with Anthony DeComo, our MLB.com Mets reporter who is in Port St. Lucie, Florida. Pitchers and catchers have reported for the New York Mets as spring training is underway on the eastern side of uh, Florida State, the state of Florida. So, Anthony, I guess first of all, first impressions. It's it's a place you're very familiar with, obviously. Years of covering this team in spring training. What's the vibe like after a couple of days? I know the whole roster's not there yet.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a place I'm very familiar with. It's a team I'm very familiar with. The entire 40-man roster uh, really with the exception of Bartolo Colon is, is here from last year is the same. Um, the Mets didn't add anyone, uh, from another team, uh, to the 40 man, uh, coming into this season, which is pretty rare in baseball. It's pretty rare in all sports. Um, Terry Collins touched on it when he got here and said, I really don't need to introduce myself to anyone around here. I, I, I know these guys already. I've managed them already. So, uh, that's definitely a, uh, a comfort level. For the Mets coming in and, uh, yeah, it kind of helps them get down business as usual. Uh, another spring in Port St. Lucie, a longer spring in Port St. Lucie with the World Baseball Classic and a lot of guys leaving uh, to participate in that. So, um, that'll break it up a little bit, but it is, uh, business as usual for a Mets team that, uh, as we know, as we've talked about many times on this podcast has very high aspirations going into the 2017
0: season. And we're going to get into that rotation a little bit here on the podcast as we continue to go position by position. But before we get to the starters, uh, Jerry's Familia had a few issues just as far as getting into the country, which happens every spring for, for different players, uh, just a matter of work visas and working through that stuff. But he's now there. Did he speak at all at all about his uh, you know thoughts on the upcoming season? Obviously, there's possibly a suspension coming.
1: Yeah, he did. Uh, Juris Familia arrived in Fort Saint Lucie, reported to the complex on Tuesday morning, uh, and he did field questions from reporters. Uh, wasn't willing to get into uh, anything involving that arrest back in October on uh, a domestic violence charge. Um, said his lawyers advised him to talk about anything revolving around it, so he kind of stuck to baseball topics. Said he's excited to be here. Uh, said he's excited to pitch for the Dominican in the World Baseball Classic. He pitched in winter ball uh, down there in, in the Dominican, so. Uh, He's in good shape. He's in good spirits. As far as the suspension goes, the Mets and Familia both are kind of in wait-and-see mode. I think everyone around here, uh, if you talk to, is kind of operating under the assumption that Jarius Familia will receive some sort of suspension from Major League Baseball, but no one really knows how long it might be or or if it'll happen at all. Um, These are very much case-by-case things as MLB tackles them. We've seen it a couple times here, uh, whether it's Jose Reyes or Aroldis Chapman, um, receiving different sorts of suspensions from Major League Baseball, and every case is truly different. So uh, the Mets are operating under the, under the assumption that Familia will be suspended, but they really don't know and they don't expect to find out for at least another couple of weeks as we get closer
0: to the season. All right, let's move on to the starters, who obviously would be the backbone of this team. And and if they're going to go back to the World Series, it's going to be this starting rotation that takes them there. Um, And the four guys, you know, are kind of set as long as they all stay healthy. You have Noah Syndergaard, Jacob deGrom, Matt Harvey, Stephen Matz. There'll be a battle for that fifth spot during the spring. Let's start with Syndergaard, who apparently, Anthony, put on... 15 pounds of muscle and thinks he can actually throw harder in 2017. I'm not sure if that's a good idea or not for him to throw harder, but it's certainly for a guy who's tall, lanky a little bit, putting on a little added muscle is probably a good thing as far as durability over the course of 162 games.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you there, Tim. I'm not sure if I would ever refer to Noah Syndergaard as lanky. Uh, <laughs> even even last year, he, he definitely... Uh, pack some muscle on that body, and and it's a big one. Yeah, you know, I I think Noah Syndergaard coming to camp and saying uh, he wants to throw harder is a little bit of fluster, is a little bit of who this guy is, and and kind of that outsized image we all have of Noah Syndergaard. Um, He says he spent his winter eating venison, eating deer meat, uh, (laughs) as part of this protein-packed bowl that he would eat every day down there in texas so uh, it's kind of a funky part of his personality and and i'm with you i'm not sure throwing harder is necessarily a good thing for the hardest throwing starting pitcher in baseball especially considering all the injuries we see across the sport but look this is a guy I, i think we forget sometimes how young he is and how in some ways he's still growing into this body that's relatively new to him he's still growing into being a pitcher at the big league level, and it's scary to say, and it's almost uh, a little bit ludicrous to say, but this is a guy that still has room for improvement. You know, he still has room to grow into uh, not just a Cy Young candidate, but a Cy Young winner. He has room to grow into uh, being essentially the best pitcher in baseball. That is his ceiling. Uh, That's what the Mets hope for him. They hope he can uh, use that big body and undergo an ace-type load, a 220-inning, Type output and really become the stopper, the number one, the absolutely everything on this Mets staff. And if he can do that, then then things look even that much rosier for this starting rotation. So uh, whether or not Noah Syndergaard goes out there and starts throwing 103 this season instead of 101, I'll believe it when I see it. But the Mets certainly have high expectations for Noah Syndergaard, and obviously. Noah Syndergaard has high expectations for himself.
0: When you look at the Big Four, obviously Matt Harvey is coming off the the most serious of the injuries, um, with with the the surgery and, and a lot of rehab in the off season. Where is he at right now? And and I know he spoke. He seems confident that he can get back to being a ace type pitcher.
1: Yeah, Matt Harvey's always confident, and, and you know where he's at. I, I think with him and with a lot of these guys, while they express this confidence, and while they all say they're kind of on a normal program for the most part and have had normal off seasons and 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 all that it's kind of let's get them out here and let's get them throwing some live bp and let's get them eventually into games here at the end of february and into march and then we'll see um this is uh, as i said earlier a nice long spring for the mets and for every team with the world baseball classic Uh, and it gives guys who aren't playing such as matt harvey the chance to ease into their spring routines maybe a little bit more than they otherwise would um this isn't a Tommy John surgery where it happens every year into so many pitches around baseball and that it almost becomes routine, or at least as routine as a surgical procedure can. This is removing a rib from his torso to, to repair something called thora- thoracic outlet syndrome, which is a kind of a serious condition, compressing nerves, uh, restricting uh, essentially the things that the human body needs to do to function. So it was a scary thing that Matt Harvey went through last year. Uh, he admits in retrospect that uh, there was some worry, there was some concern over his future, mostly because he didn't know what was wrong. And now he knows what was wrong. He, he had it fixed, and he has reason to believe from what the surgeons have told him, from what the doctors have told him, uh, that you know he's going to be good this year. He's going to be a normal pitcher. And is that a return to 2013, Matt Harvey, when he was dominant, when he was a top five pitcher in baseball i think that's asking a lot uh but if matt harvey can go out there and give you 180 plus innings and, and essentially be that guy that you know he can be when he's healthy uh, then you start worrying about the ceiling and thinking about how good can this guy be again i, I think for now uh, at the start of spring training the mets are simply looking at matt harvey as let's get him on the mound let's get him throwing let's see how healthy he is and hopefully for the Mets' sake, uh, he stays healthy throughout the summer and, and really adds something productive to this team.
0: And then it's it's a common theme, but then you have DeGrom and Matt, similar stories, not as serious as far as their injuries go, but two other guys that are, I think, pretty much in the right spot, like you said, getting ready for spring training. But do they treat this spring any differently than past springs coming off of uh, seasons with injuries?
1: I, I think throughout Mets' camp, and that goes for for – Jacob DeGrom and Steven Matz, it goes for Matt Harvey. It even goes for someone who's been healthy, like Noah Syndergaard. I think there is a certain amount of caution the Mets are going to use with all of these pitchers. You know, these guys out here in the early days of spring training, they do their PFPs, their fielding drills, and it's the most boring thing in the world. Any one of them will tell you. uh, Every team does it. And, uh, you know, instead of throwing to bases and instead of throwing home this year, the Mets aren't even using baseballs. They're going through the motions. but They're not actually throwing balls. And that's just one example one little step of little things along the way that the Mets are going to try to do uh, just to limit the strain on these guys' arms. You know, they're not going to play catch at the beginning of their workouts. They're going to do it at the end when they're already uh, kind of warmed up this year. Uh, when, on days when they're not supposed to throw, a lot of these guys won't play catch at all when they're not supposed to throw off the mound, and they'll just limit their arm in that way. And then obviously once we get into the season, uh, the Mets are going to look, as they did last year, at skipping starts, at maybe inserting a sixth guy into the rotation every once in a while uh, just to, again, limit the strain that is on these arms. Because even a guy like Jacob deGrom, yes, he had he had surgery to, to move a nerve in his arm. But even before that, he had had little things with his health here and there, things that cost him a start, things that cost him uh, a week or two. And Stephen Matz certainly has a long, lengthy injury history. So while his surgery to remove a bone spur is one of the mildest operations a pitcher can have. You look at the greater body, you look at everything that's been going on in the past couple of years. And Stephen Matz has had all sorts of aches and pains in his arm ever since the day he was drafted. So uh, I don't think the Mets are taking anything at all for granted with the health of these guys, with any of these pitchers. And, uh, again, the great hope is for every single one of them to stay in the rotation. Uh, the Mets know that's not going to happen. It doesn't happen for any team. It's just not something that happens around baseball. It's the nature of pitching. But as much as you can minimize the injuries, as much as you can minimize the time that these guys lose to the disabled list or even something more minor than that. For a team built around starting pitching, it's absolutely everything.
0: And that brings us to the fifth starter spot, which will be one of the intriguing things of this spring as far as the Mets go and a team that's pretty much set most of the way around the diamond. But you have Zach Wheeler, who is supposed to be one of these five guys, five aces in the Mets staff, but he's basically missed two seasons. So he comes back, and then you have Robert Gesselman and Seth Lugo, who were both – Really good, helping the Mets get back to the postseason late last season. Is this just an open battle for these three guys? And you mentioned starting a sixth pitcher at times. They certainly have the depth to do that. But is it an open battle for that fifth spot?
1: Yeah, the Mets are certainly painting it that way. And, I, you know, I think it's not only one of the most interesting roster battles here at Mets camp. I think it's one of the most interesting roster battles around baseball. Um, because you do have Zach Wheeler, who uh, had some big league success before his Tommy John surgery, was – one of the most heralded pitching prospects in the entire game not that long ago. Obviously, throws hard, obviously has great stuff, but like you said, has not been in the league for two years. Has had a lot of trouble coming back from Tommy John surgery, and and, you know pitchers take it for granted that 12 to 15, maybe 18-month timetable. Zach Wheeler has blown by all of that and still has not gotten back on the mound. So uh, until we see it, until the Mets see it, it, it's going to be something that's in the back of of everyone's mind is, can this guy stay healthy? And even if he can, you look at what else the Mets have. How do you tell Robert Kesselman, who was really one of the better pitchers in baseball down the stretch last season, helped pitch the Mets into the playoffs, that National League wildcard game, how do you tell him that he doesn't have a job in the rotation because someone who, who hasn't pitched in the big league since uh, 2014 is coming back? Uh, you know, it, it's a hard sell. And I think certainly at the very least Robert Kesselman deserves to have a shot to compete for this thing, and same with Seth Lugo. Well, he might not have the eye-popping stuff that a Gastelman has or that a Wheeler has. He had every bit the amount of success that those guys had on the mounds down the stretch in 2016. So he too, I think, deserves a shot to compete at this thing. And the Mets will let them compete. There aren't spots for all of them, and I think ultimately maybe one of those guys ends up in the rotation, one of those guys ends up in the bullpen and one of them ends up in AAA to stay stretched out in case the Mets do need a sixth starter at some point early in the season. Um, It's a fascinating battle, three really talented guys coming from three kind of different positions, uh, basically just where their careers have taken them. And uh, it's definitely going to be one to watch throughout the spring. I, I think, you know, the guy who has the most success and the Grapefruit League doesn't always win these roster battles. In this case, I think that very
0: well may be the case. And if you're the New York Mets, this is a good problem to have and an exciting thing to watch. All right, this has been MLB.com Extras.
1: Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.TV for details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.
0: Any road. The steeper, the better